A real quick refresher on Mark 4, the parable of the sower. It starts in verse 13, the explanation of it. And when, when Jesus is talking about this, he says, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? And once you realize what he's saying in this parable, you get it. Because you don't understand a parable just by reading it. You have to think about it. You have to put some study into it. You have to put some effort into it. And so if you don't understand that, you're never going to get what the scripture's saying. He said the sower sows the word. That's the logos. That's the plain old word of God right here. You read the word, that's the logos. The sower sows the word. And there are those that are by the wayside where the word is sown. When they have heard, Satan comes immediately to do what? To steal the word. To steal the seed. That the, the word is the seed of what you need. What revelation you need, what substance you need, the word is the source for that. It's the seed for that. And Satan knows if he can steal it as soon as you hear it, as soon as you hear the message, as soon as you hear the word, he knows if he can steal it and get you to let go of it, it's not going to produce in your life. It doesn't produce because you heard it. It produces when you keep it. I mean, how many of us grew up in church hearing, but we didn't take it to produce? You, that's what this whole four weeks, five weeks, I don't even know what week, we're on week six, has been about. It takes more than hearing the word. We, we have to mix our faith. We have to mix our believing with it. So Satan comes immediately to take away the word that's sown in their hearts because he knows what it's about to produce. Matthew 13's version says he can steal it if you don't have understanding of it. If he can get it before you understand it, then he can take its power away in your life. So that's why we have to stay after it until we understand it. It says, and then there are those on stony ground who when they have heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. And we talked about last week that when we get excited about the word, that's a good clue that we've received the seed. Now it's an effort to keep it. Right? We get excited about it. Joy comes. Gladness comes. But they have no root in themselves. You know what, how roots come? By staying, leaving something planted. You can go out and plant a seed, but if you keep digging up the seed to look and see if it's doing anything and you don't let roots establish it, then it's never going to produce anything. Y'all got a whole pile of vegetables in here for y'all to take home from different gardeners in the, in the room. Please go through the kitchen in a minute and take some veggies home. But they didn't get that fruit, that produce, by just sowing a seed. We'd all garden if we could get vegetables by just sowing a seed. Right, Cindy? The big gardeners over here, Tom Wilkins. It takes work. You got to keep the weeds out. You got to make sure it's watered. You have to hold on to the seed. You got to keep the varmints out. Varmints, this is Arkansas. If you're not from Arkansas, I'd just apologize. You have to keep the animals out of it. Keep that seed from being sown. You have to make sure it has time to take root where it can produce. Satan knows these people have heard the word. They're excited about it. But they don't have root in themselves. They're not established in it yet. And so they only endure but for a time. They make it a little while. They keep it a little while. But then affliction 
the scripture says, when affliction, which is trouble or pressure, comes, or persecution, which we learned last week was persistent annoyance, comes against that seed, against that word that you've heard. It looks like it's not true. Things are looking contrary from what you've heard. You've heard that God loves you, but it sure doesn't look like it. You've heard that God healed you, but it sure doesn't feel like it. You've heard that he's, he's working on putting your family back together, but it sure doesn't sound like it. That's an attack against the word that you've heard. That's persecution. That's affliction. And when it comes, if you don't have it established in you, it says immediately they are offended. It didn't work. You know, you know who they get mad at when it looks like it's not working? God. Not at the thief that come to steal the word. They get mad at God. And then what do we produce? Just bitterness. Anger. So hold on to that word even when it looks like it's not working. It says, and then there are those that are sown among thorns such as hear the word. You notice every single one of these people heard the word? But none of them have produced anything yet. There are those that are, that are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, but the cares of this world, the pressures of life, the distractions of life, and other things other than the word. Things other than the word begin to occupy the mind. You remember when you first heard the word, you're like, I'm going to write this scripture every single day. I'm going to get up and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say what the word says every single day. And then life starts happening. And you get distracted. And instead of keeping the word at the forefront of your mind, the word as, the fo of, as your focus, then you start focusing on other things. And it says when you do that, and the deceitfulness of, uh, or delusions of riches... Because a lot of times the word starts producing good in your life and then you get distracted by the good. I've seen it happen so many times. It says when these things start coming in, they start crowding the word. The space that was once occupied by the word is now occupied by something else. And it says it chokes the word and it makes the word that was beginning to take root and beginning to produce, it chokes it and it becomes unfruitful. You know what that tells me? It was being fruitful. It was working. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Keep the word as your focus. Don't let other things choke out that space in your mind. It was growing. Luke 8, his version says, then you bring no fruit to completion. Like it was working, you're starting to see things, then you got distracted. All right, then we read verse 24, which explained to us I'm sorry, we forgot to read about the good ground. These are those sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. Luke 8 says they keep it. They hear the word and they keep it. And bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. We learned about that fold, how we get that 30, 60, or 100 comes from verse 24. And this is going to be key to what we're hearing tonight from Dr. Caroline Leaf. So we'll... We'll get ready for her, but we've got to read verse 24. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified because she's really going to explain this beautifully. He said to them, be careful what you are hearing. Warning. 
<laughs> red flag, warning, warning. Be very careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear is what will determine the virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. It's going to determine the fruit. What's going to determine the fruit? God? No. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you're hearing. You determine what comes back to you. You're the gardener. <laughs> you're the one sowing the word. You're sowing it in your heart. You want that heart to be good ground. You give attention, thought, and study to the truth you're hearing. And that will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So have you ever noticed when you dedicate yourself to the word, you begin to understand more of the word? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we're going to watch about 15 minutes, maybe a little less than that, of Dr. Caroline Leaf as she explains what happens in your brain according to Mark 4. And you've got a sheet of paper in front of you because the circle on the video didn't show up real well, this red circle uh, right here. And so uh, Tanya and Charlotte had this printed out for you so you can see those three little bumps on your brain <laughs> because it doesn't show up real well on the screen. So when she gets to that part, you can refer to your sheet. Go ahead, Debbie. I'll get out of the way. Study the story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed that the farmer scatters on the road. Okay, so this is the first one. This is listener type one. You need to decide what kind of listener you're going to be. I don't recommend listener type one because you're not going to make much change in your life. Listener type one Information comes out, so here I'm giving you words. This is seed being scattered on the road. Okay, it's scattered on the surface. Now you, as you are listening to me, it's going to go in your brain, but what you do with it, you have to, with your mind, make a decision about what you're going to do with the information that you hear that I'm sharing with you today, that Pastor Robert shares with you every week, that you read in the Bible, that you learn on a day-to-day -day basis. So let's have a look inside the brain. This is what we look like when we wake up in the morning. This is you and I hanging out of our head, and then we put our makeup on, or the girls and the guys hopefully don't put makeup on. Anyway, we can kind of get ourselves together and then we go out the door. Okay, so information comes in through our five senses. Our five senses are the contact between the external world and the internal world of our mind. So this is the blue part. With the, the five senses represent that blue part on my theory. So you are hearing, you are seeing, you are experiencing information. It's going into your brain. You have a hundred structures in your brain. As the information moves through as, an, as a sound wave as, and as an electromagnetic wave, the sound wave is, called, is basically called a physical wave and the electromagnetic wave is called a non-physical wave. The two work together. This is from God. These are sources of energy. God is the source of energy. God is the source of everything. So basically everything in this world, he enables us to experience. It goes in your brain and your mind in action is this energy flowing through your brain from God. But you have free will. So you can choose to process this information. If you were dead, we wouldn't see action in your brain. You wouldn't see those thoughts growing that you saw a few moments ago. But as you are listening to me now, this is going in your brain and you are actually generating action. You are building thoughts. You are building what we call a temporary memory. A temporary memory lasts for 24 to 48 hours. If you do nothing with this information that you are hearing now, within 24 to 48 hours, the little memories that you would have built that looked like trees, 
the little branches that you, that, they look like little trees, basically will denature. They're made of protein, they will denature and become heat energy. So if you don't implant, if you don't spend time, you can't just hear something once and think that that's it, that you're going to have enough faith. It is a process of spending time. So if you have a look at a close-up inside the brain, this is a neuron in the brain, and what the little top part there, that looks a bit like a Christmas tree, here's a close-up of it. Those little things there called dendrites, those are the things that you are growing. That's what memory looks like. Those little dendrites are supercomputers. You are building them at quantum speeds. They operate with quantum principles. And you are directing the design. You design the landscape of your brain. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, Revelations 22.5. So, in other words, what you choose to build in your, in your mind is basically going to be healthy thoughts, Healthy trees or unhealthy trees. And if you're listening to God, it will be that direction. If you're listening, not listening to God, it will be that direction. Okay, toxic. And that causes prom problems inside the brain. Okay, now, let's have a look. If you don't, if you are listener type one, with the seed is just scattered on the surface, if you don't do something with it, as I said, those little dendrites will just simply denature and become hot air. What a waste of time. So let's have a look at listener type two. So continuing reading there, this is the seed that is cast in the gravel. So you can have a look on the screen. The seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. So this is the person who says, oh, wow, amazing, incredible conference, wonderful message. I'm going to do that. I'm going to forgive. Enthusiasm. But then suddenly the emotions wear off. So that drive and that passion. You see, God has designed us that as you learn, as you are learning now, as you direct your attention, as you are focusing, as your mind in action is happening, as all the sciencey stuff is happening, you have a release of neurotransmitters in your brain that help you to focus, that help you to get excited, that help you to actually build this information into your head. Now, so on, around about day three and day four, these neurotransmitters start to subside. So this feeling of excitement and passion and enthusiasm starts kind of wearing off and you can almost feel a little flat. Science has shown that most people give up on around about day three and day four. So listener type one has given up after day one, day two. Listener type two, they hear, they respond, and they go through maybe up till about day seven. So the enthusiasm carries them for kind of about a week, five days to seven days. And then suddenly the enthusiasm drops off because the emotions wear off. This is where faith steps in. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. God is trying to teach us levels of maturity. So once you've had this initial rush, he then expects you to dig a little deeper and to push through a little harder. So if you look in the brain, what's happening? So we've got the information going in the brain. We've got the neuron. Let's look close up. If you have a look where the red circle is, if you look at the little red circle, you'll see that there is one. I've just drawn one dendrite there with a few little dendrites growing out of it. And on the outside of the dendrite, you have three little spines. And those spines are three different shapes. One is a bump, one is a lollipop, and one is a mushroom. Okay, so now this is very significant for becoming listener type three and type four. Listener type one doesn't even build a bump. Listener type two will build a lollipop. It's listener type three will build a lollipop. Listener type four builds a mushroom. Okay, so now you've got to remember to build a mushroom. So what does this mean? Listener, the listener type three 
Also let's have a look. Let's look at the next one over here. Listener type three, as soon as you go beyond day two, yes, you look like a poodle. As soon as you go beyond day two and day three, as soon as you move into listening a little bit more, going beyond just the, the surface listening, you start on day three releasing a group of proteins. And those proteins are called ChemK2 molecules. They look like nano poodles. So on day three, if you go beyond day three, Okay, you are going to actually release a group of proteins inside of your brain. And those proteins look like little poodles. Now, those proteins walk inside on little train tracks, inside tubules, microtubules inside the dendrites. Now, just to give you some idea of scale, we have 100 billion neurons in the brain, more or less. That's only 20% of brain material. Each neuron, and a neuron is one of these, Okay, you have 100 billion of those. Each neuron can build up to anything, up to 200,000, a million, whatever, dendrites. You will build a dendrite for every concept that you are hearing. So right now, you've probably built close to three, 400 concepts. In other words, you've built three to 400 dendrites right now at this moment. So you have a little neuron in your brain called this, that is basically this information, and you're growing all these little branches. As I said, by if you don't do anything with it, if you listen to type one, by Monday, they're gone. But if you listen to type two and you get enthusiastic, you will, that little poodle will start walking. And that little poodle will start imprinting in the little feet, where you see the feet of the poodle, that little furry, the little fluffy part at the bottom, that little poodle literally walks on a track and literally imprints into a into a grid on the track, this information that you are learning. So that scripture that you are memorizing, this information that you are learning, that schoolwork that you are learning, your work that you are doing, as you are increasing in knowledge, increasing in knowledge means the little poodle is building train tracks in your brain. Isn't that cute? Okay, so how it, so it walks and it calls, it's called phosphorylation. So as it literally imprints, as it's walking, it pushes it, it builds this little train track, this little grid train track inside the microtubules, inside the dendrites. There are around about 10 million microtubules per neuron. Okay, so these numbers are huge. I don't say this to impress you, I say this to admire God. Through science, we admire God. It is incredible, the design that he has given us. This stuff I'm sharing with you now is cutting edge memory research. A lot of scientists don't even know about this. Okay, so you are learning this as a church, which is amazing. Okay, so here's what happens. So day three and day four, the poodle starts walking, listener type two, but then around about day four, five, six, the enthusiasm and, the, and uh, goes, sort of starts disappearing and the emotions start wearing off and things get too difficult. And so the poodle stops walking and what he's built just simply denatures or she built simply denatures and you now have nothing. So now we go to the next Listener, listener type three. This is, where, this is the listener where the information is cast in the weeds. Let's, have, let's read that one. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good... Okay, so that is now... This is the seed cast in the weeds. They hear... They get the poodle walking. They actually start building. Things start changing. Let me show you what changes. That poodle walks. Have a look over there at this, where the red circle is. When the poodle walks 
after seven days, like if you have repeatedly gone through the information or thought about it, read repeatedly reread the information, focused on the information, even as little as seven minutes a day, and you will find this change happening inside your brain. What will happen is as that little pool is walking in the microtubule, in the dendrite, the outside of the dendrite on day seven will start developing a little bump on the sp um, a little bump spine on the outside. That is evidence that physical change is happening in response to mind action. So that is fantastic if you get a bump, but if you, and if you push a little bit more, if you walk a little bit more, another seven days, the little outside spine will turn into a lollipop shape, which is that shape over there. So generally, people that are listener type three, they get beyond the 48 hours, they get to seven days, and it's somewhere between seven and 14 days, and maybe they get to 14 and somewhere between 14 and 21, the worries of life, the illusions, the desires, the envies, the jealousies, the thoughts that are in this realm start coming up and choking the thoughts in this side because this has not been well-developed enough. There has not been enough time spent developing this type of thinking. There's been more time spent developing this type of thinking. So when the thoughts are popping from the non-conscious to the conscious, this one will, may, will override that one. So then the issue that you're dealing with and grappling with and going to God about, now suddenly that thought that you've been building suddenly denatures and disappears. What a waste. You may have put two weeks of fantastic effort into this incredible change in your life, building this thought that is going to bring fruit that you don't even can't begin to believe what it's going to bring because God did everything for us. He says, I know the plans I have for you to give you a hope and a future. You see, in this side over here in the love zone, every probability, every single thing that you need for the rest of your life has already been done. Every disease has been healed. Every need has been met because God did it all. He's not bound by the present, past, and future. Etern eternity is not bound by the present, past, and the future. So then we have to go, we have to push through and become listener type four. So if we read listener type four, the seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in, takes in, takes work, takes time, and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Beyond his wildest dreams. This is the person who, as they are pursuing this thought, as they are developing this thought, that poodle has walked daily for 21 days. And on, tw on the 21st day, more or less, a little mushroom pops up on the outside of those little spines, on all the spines, because there's multiple poodles walking. And you have now built a long-term memory, which is self-sustaining. And once you have a long-term memory, that long-term memory takes 21 days minimum to form. 21, not not one day, not one hour, 21 days. And then science shows us, and I'm almost done, then science shows us that we need to practice using that consciously, practice daily, taking that poodle backwards and forwards for more walks, consciously daily for another 42 days, another two cycles of 21 days. You see, it takes a minimum of 63 days to form a habit. 63 days, and that's one. So you can form 17 new habits in a year if you do the math. So what we need to do is we need to practice taking our poodles for walks. We need to build the thoughts that we, that we should be building. We need to keep, here we go, we can finish with this. We need to keep our poodles safe. Thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. She's brilliant. Uh, from, from a doctor's side, that's pretty fascinating to me. And, and walking the poodle 
is, is why we keep studying the Word, we keep saying the Word, we keep reading the Word. Just think of it, I, I know Karen Wilkins and I were visiting by text the other night, and I was on the elliptical, and, and she had just watched the whole teaching on this, which I'll get to Cherie and have her send you the link to this whole teaching because it's, it's excellent. Uh, anything by Dr. Carolyn Leap that I've heard is just really helps me understand what's going on, why I need to keep the word in front of me, why I need to be speaking it, saying it, writing it. Uh, because every time you do that, you're walking the poodle. <laughs> and so you'll think of that and, and uh, you'll joke with each other about it from here on out. What are you doing? I'm walking the poodle. Uh, Karen texted me the other night and I said, I'm walking the poodle. Uh, we, we, we're building something here. And now you see why programs, they say commit to a year. Well, why do I have to commit for it to a year? Because, yeah, you're enthusiastic about uh, changing your thoughts in the, in the first two weeks. But you ever notice that you go a little flat after that? That's, this is it. This is why. Exercising, going to the gym. You start off January. Hey, New Year's resolution. I'm going to the gym, I'm getting fit, I'm working, I'm eating healthy. Well, that works great for a couple of weeks. I mean, then Tanya puts cupcakes out in the kitchen. You know, it's, now you can see the science behind what God is asking us to do and to think that as you have worked on something for 21, 30, 45, 60 days, your brain is actually changing. You can't see that, but now you know that. And when you start going flat and you start getting discouraged and something starts getting your attention, now you know, hey, if I let go of this word and I get distracted, it's just going to disappear. To me, this knowledge helps. You may have to go back and watch it online a couple of times. This is probably the fourth or fifth time I've watched it. I get something different every time. One thing that she mentioned that I liked is once you get the thought established after 60 days or so, that that thought then becomes self-sustaining. Did you hear her say that? It's, it's with you. It's a part of you. And so that's, that's what we're gunning for. I thought it was excellent. I hope it didn't bore you. I hope that, that you got something out of it. If you're listening um, on audio... The clip is from Dr. Caroline Leaf. It's called Through Her Eyes, The Sower and the Seed. The series is called Through Her Eyes, and this lesson is called The Sower and the Seed. And you can look that up online. With that, go with me to James 1. We'll spend just a few minutes, and then I want to hear what you got from tonight. See if it helped you as much as it helped me. James chapter 1. I'm going to be reading out the Amplified if you have a device that you're using. We're jumping in the middle here in verse 21. Obviously, this is not the beginning of the conversation, but it's just where we're going to jump in at. goes along with what she taught. Verse 21 says, So get rid of all uncleanness, and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power 
to save your soul. We're not just talking about being born again and being saved from hell. We're talking about our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions. The word that you receive, humbly let it be engrafted. We talked a little bit about the engrafted word last week. We mentioned it. Keeping that word so connected to us, it's like a skin graft. You don't take the skin that you're grafting in and put it over here and you over here. You keep that skin so close to your skin till it becomes one with your skin. And he's asking us to receive, humbly receive over our own opinions, over our own thoughts, Receive the engrafted word. Let it be implanted and rooted so because it contains the power that will save our souls. That's what she just described. Our minds being changed. Our thoughts being changed and the outcome of our lives being changed. The word has the power to do that if we let it be engrafted. That takes time. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not merely listeners to it. This is what all six weeks have been about. Can't just hear the word. We've got to do something with the word we've heard. Give it our attention. Speak the word. If it instructs us to do something, do the word. But sometimes you're doing is simply being obedient to the word and in, in giving it your thought, submitting to it putting it above your own opinion and your own thought the way you thought you were and accepting what God said. Sometimes that's the doing. Sometimes it's not an outward action. Sometimes it's a brain action, okay? Be doers of the word and not merely listeners to it. Because if you're just listeners to it, listen to this. It says you betray yourself. King James Version says you'll be self-deceived. You're deceiving yourself if you think just hearing the word is doing it. That's just a part of it. That's just the first step of it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. I have in my notes, don't just listen to the word. Respond to the word. And that, that comes from the Passion Translation. That's the way it words it in the Passion Translation. Don't just hear the word, but give the word your response. And that's why it's important, even if you're in here in class and you hear something and it hits you, it hits your life, it hits your soul, it hits something you're, you're dealing with. That's why we say amen or yes or we nod our heads. Did you know you're responding and you are submitting to the word with your response? You're agreeing with the word? That should be an automatic amen. amen. Okay. Because if you don't ever respond to the word, you're not acknowledging the word. You're not accepting the word. You're not putting it where it's going to be engrafted and become a part of your life. How are you responding to the word that you've heard? If, if you said in class, if you said in service, uh, even in school, you need to respond to what you're hearing if you want it to stick. If you want it to stick, and that's what we want. We want engrafted word. Verse 23, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. So picture it. 
You're looking at yourself in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. That's what she was teaching up here. You hear it, you look at it, you walk away from it, you forget it. If you walk away from it, you forget it. If I walk away from it, I forget it. And it doesn't stick. I love, uh, I think it was the Passion Translation that said this. Yes. It says, you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. <laughs> Boom. I, this shows you who you are. But if you don't keep it in front of you, you'll walk away and you'll forget your divine origin. You'll go back to what people said you were or what circumstances said you were or what your actions said you were. But we can't afford to walk away from the mirror. we got to thoughtfully look in the mirror and not walk away from it or we'll forget our divine origin. That was out of the Passion Translation. Verse 25. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it. Ah, here we go. Now we're out in the garden working. We're faithful to it. He who looks carefully and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it. Perseveres looking into it. Because, you know, it's real, it's real tempting to walk away and get busy and start looking at other things. But he says, you've got to persevere. Keep looking in that word. If you want to change and you want to be who the word says you are, you've got to stick in front of that mirror while the changes are being made until we look like the image that the word paints us. When I get up in the mornings, y'all, if I don't look in the mirror, I may think I know who I am, but when I get over to Tanya's to walk, she sees the truth. And she's thinking, she did not look in the mirror this morning. But if I stand in front of the mirror, I can make the changes that I need to make. It shows me who I really am, and then I change what I need to change to be what the Word says I am and who the Word says I am. He who looks carefully into the faultless law and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless or negligent listener. I think about how many times I'm a negligent listener. You know, like, hey, and, and I, I think it's great if we just keep the Word playing, but there is a difference in just having it in the background and and putting ourselves in front of it and not being negligent. And, and I know you can pick up things, and there's times I do that as well. When I'm driving, obviously, I need to kind of pay attention to what I'm doing on the road. And you might have the word playing in the car. You can pick up things that way. But there comes a time you've got to sit in front of the mirror and persevere in front of the mirror and look into it and not be a negligent listener who forgets that's what it says a negligent hearer forgets because we're not we're not walking the poodle but an active doer who obeys 
He shall be blessed in his doing, in his life of obedience. What you do will be blessed when you are not a negligent listener, but you persevere in front of the mirror. Passion Translation, verse 25. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty. That's what the word does. It perfects us. When we put ourselves in front of it, it perfects us. I like that. Instead of the perfect law of liberty, the perfecting. Isn't that good? The perfecting law of liberty. And they are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear. They are strengthened by it. And they experience God's blessing in all they do. Be fascinated by it. Be fascinated by it. Let it grab your attention. And I was, I was listening. I don't even remember who I was listening. It may have been Keith Moore. He said, read the scripture until you get a mental picture of yourself. When you, when you read this, you can just read it. You can read the words or you can imagine it big difference and when we talk about meditating the word as Joshua 1 8 does talks about meditating the word day and night that's what he's talking about don't just read the word but imagine yourself in the word when you when you read that scripture get a picture of it read it until you get a mental picture because until we do that then then we fail to retain what we're reading you ever had people that just could not comprehend what they were reading? Janine, you taught for 30 years, 40 years, 34 years. A student that just didn't retain, they just couldn't see it. Because once you can see it, you can keep it. And it's not just words on a page. Then it becomes personal. And then we're talking about engrafted word. And engrafted word sticks. It sticks. That's what we're after. Not just hearing the word, but the word that sticks and becomes a part of our lives. Then it starts producing a different fruit than what we've been producing. And that's what we're after. We want the God kind of life. And just like that, it's seven, almost 7.45. So I didn't, I didn't prepare a lot. I let Dr. Caroline leave. Uh, she's way more experienced in this than I am in understanding the brain. But I thought it, was, it just really helped me connect with Mark 4. You may have to watch it a couple of times get it don't get caught up in the sciencey part of it on how many billion or million that wasn't her point okay I, I, I got the most out of the bump the lollipop and the mushroom it's like oh that's why I want to quit after you know I kind of I hit that flat land that dull space I'm excited and then boom it goes flat that even in exercise I mean this is what Karen and I were talking about even in in exercise programs or or eating healthy about that second or third week when you kind of hit that, mm, well, this isn't as much fun as what I thought it was going to be. Now I understand. So it, it's true across the board, and I believe it will help you, even, even with a new job. Get a new job, you're excited about it, and then reality hits, and those emotions wear off, and those chemicals are stopped being produced. And then, it's, then it comes down to digging in. I love what she said. Then it comes down to digging into the word and pushing further uh, to, to walk the poodle. So, great lesson. All right. I enjoy that. Uh, it's, it's
it's a lot to process. Just get what she's saying out of it. Recognize. I think the most valuable thing for to me was that I will recognize when that flat hits, when I've dedicated to something, I've committed to something, and that, that flat hits. Okay, the emotion's gone. Now's the time to stick. Uh, stick with it. All right, y'all can stand. Appreciate you coming out tonight. All right. We'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we're, we're thankful for these magnificent brains that you gave us. No computer on earth can compare to what you've put in the human mind. Father, we just ask that you take this revelation that was given to us tonight. Help us to recognize when the enemy comes what he's trying to do. He's after that word because that word will produce and it will have the power to save our souls to change our thinking and to change our outcomes. That's how powerful that little seed, one scripture is, that the enemy would see the need to target that and try to take it from us because he knows what it will produce in our lives. And we're committed to the seed. We're committed to the word that we hear. And when we have a verse given to us or we have a verse taught to us, uh, we commit to that seed, Father, for the care of it, to take it, to hold on to it, to nurture it, and not to walk away from it. But, Father, we're committed to speak your word and to hear your word and to do your word. I'm excited. I'm excited, Father, for what you're doing in our minds, what you're, what you're doing in our thought lives, Father, that, as we've said every Sunday, our thought life is not terminal. It is changing. And it is getting more and more healthy. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity to change what life has handed us and take your word instead. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.